You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, we're back for another Tuesday episode of Cards to the Moon. I'm Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram, and with me is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John at Trade You at Recess. So off the top, I'm sure you guys heard the news, but the Wander Franco 2022 Top Series 1 Platinum card, a one of one, was pulled this past week. And I think the most surprising to me, at least, is that it was pulled out of a pack sold at Walgreens, which is like a shopper's drug mart for our Canadian friends here, right? So I don't even know all the details, but I think it was pulled is out of a regular... Is that confirmed or is Walgreens uh, sponsoring that? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's confirmed by the guy who pulled it, and I think I saw it on his Instagram. But um, yeah, I'm not even sure if it just came out of a regular cell pack yeah, was... or... It's like a blaster. I I don't know. It's so it was Walgreens. It's, it is is wild. The fact that you know you yeah. pull a the one of one platinum, the Grail of twenty twenty two, in a in a I guess retail pack. I guess right with a lot of people, it kind of like like they were upset at that, especially the the true collector who like who like to chase in hobby boxes, for instance. Right. right. So I just wish that they made the card look like better you know it's like you're one of one platinum it's one of the hardest hits uh to achieve in paper and yeah it's like, like a normal gray just, card yeah it's just a gray usual. card right <laughs> nothing shiny no super fractor but i believe like the 2011 uh mike trout one of one sold for north of a million or something so it's a big yeah, it's a say, big big time card 1.1 million for a bgs 9 mint condition that card. is wild yeah mike trout so, uh, well, that's a good segue. How much do you think this could go for? If, let's say, because these paper cards are notoriously hard to grade, uh, get a PSA 10. So let's just say a BGS 9, just like that Mike Trout 2011 Tops Update Platinum got. If it was a BGS 9 Platinum 1 of 1 for Wander Franco, what's your guess? Oh, man, that's that's tough. I got to say north of 100K right now, the way Wander Franco's playing. Right. I, um, I, I remember when the Tatis uh, Platinum was pulled. Uh, the 410 paper, and I, I think it went for a lot cheaper uh, on the initial sell, uh, uh, but mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong, but I think I think it's going to be a big card just because um, Wander Franco doesn't seem like he's going to stop anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like, he's coming yeah. out the gates hot. He's He might win a batting title uh, this year. Like, he's, he's, he's special. Like we talked about, you know, before he even entered the major leagues, you know, this guy's an 80-hit tool. So mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, the one of the biggest cards, um, it is the biggest card. Obviously, the Topps Chrome Superfractor is going to be just as big uh, for 2022. So to see that being pulled, I don't know what I think about it being pulled in retail, though. Like, I, I think it should have maybe <laughs> been in a hobby box or something, you know, like. Yeah, but, a, a hobby snob, I mean, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) if I'm happy for the owner, like especially like if like a a a kid pulled that at the end of the day, like that's a that's a crazy crazy pull, like that's a life changing pull, and it gives hope, I guess, to you know when you're chasing, when you're when you're just ripping, and you know you're chasing, you know a potential payout. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's right. wild. Wild to see. So Hyung is the hobby box purchaser. I am the retail purchaser. So to <laughs> see that news makes me happy for sure. Because it gives you, as a retail purchaser, it gives you that hope, right? Because time and time again, I think in the hobby, the it was kind of known that if you want to chase the big boys, you got to buy the hobby box. The big colors, the super factors, they come out of the hobby jumbo. box. jumbo, yeah. Jumbo, yeah. You know, you might get a super or you might get a platinum one-of-one of some no-name Joe Schmo out of retail. But if you want to get the Luis Robert, you want to get the Tatis, like those are coming out of the jumbo or the hobby boxes. That was well known for a while. It obviously is just kind of like a rumor, but it was just something that everybody went by. But to see mm-hmm. this, I don't know if it was done purposely to kind of push more retail product, but to see that, right. you know, tops, you know, maybe they're truly like spreading it completely random, no favorite to any hobby boxes, no favorite to jumbo boxes. It's good to see, man. I think. I don't know. I, I you know, because because I purchased retail. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought it was really great to see. <laughs> well, on a side note, uh, this this whole week, by the time this airs, we'll have given this prize away for our, uh, marking our fiftieth podcast episode last week. But we're giving away a twenty twenty two top series one blaster box. So oh, nice. sorry if you whoever wins it, you're not getting the one of one wander right now. Platinum cards. So you might get something else. Uh, We'd love to see what you pull if you do, but I will say I will say this just based on like people's comments and kind of the reaction to kind of like retail versus hobby. I think for Wander Franco specifically, a lot of people are winning in retail. You're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of like parallels being pulled, like the blacks, you right. know, gold foil, um, gold foil in, in jumbles, and then even true sure, golds. Yeah. Uh, a lot more people are pulling it in retail. I I personally ripped a lot of hobby boxes, and there ain't anything in there. <laughs> Except for, you know, a bunch of base Wander Franco rookies. And even at that, it's one per hobby box. So I'm yeah. well aware of the the rarity of the parallels, especially paper parallels. Um, mm. I mean, it's it's not the funnest rip, but I mean, if you pull a big Wander like an Independence Day or a Black, um, I think it's, it's definitely going to be uh, a game changer for kind of like your collection, right? So, sure. yeah. Yeah, for me personally, I don't know how I feel about, you know, hobby versus retail, but it is nice to see that, you know, like the top series one box in general is is, is affordable, you know, relatively right. speaking. So like right. a lot of people can get into it and then hopefully hit. It's not one right, of these right. high end, you know, Panini Flawless or National Treasures right. we're talking about. So it's good to see that um, the masses have a chance to get some of these big hits. You can check out the hit. You can see the card itself if you check out at Jesus Junkies Instagram page. I think he's the one that pulled it out of the uh, Walgreens store. And he said that it's already been sold to at seventh inning stretch underscore on Instagram. And um, on their Instagram page, they said they just sent it off to PSA. So we'll see what it goes for. Um, Yeah. Like I said, like paper cards are hard to grade, right? Like, well, yeah, very, right? very like, condition sensitive. Yeah, you can see chipping or absolutely, corner, yeah, square, right? Yeah, so you know, hopefully, he comes back. I'm guessing I'll be a PSA nine. That's probably my guess, right? Um, if he's lucky, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what it comes back as and will ultimately resell for if um, seventh inning stretch decides to post it for sale. All right, um, let's move on now then to our regular segment we call hobby headlines. 
And this week, we're going to return to a segment we did early, early on when we launched this podcast, and we called it Hobby Logic. And to explain what Hobby Logic is, it's something, I don't know, like it's some something that makes sense only in the hobby, right. <laughs> you know? And um, we'll go, like, you know, we'll go through some examples, and I don't know if, um, if we have any new ones since we since we talked about it last, but um, but uh, and maybe we'll go through some old ones that might have changed because the hobby has changed. So um, I'll start off first, and you guys can um, come up with your own hobby logic, yeah, examples, and then we can have a discussion. But one is like the silver prism for uh, say basketball cards, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the silver prisms are worth more still than colored prisms that are numbered right. that are more rare that could right. that could fall into the hobby logic category right for sure. like you think for sure. silver no, i think, it's not I think silver in general is the easiest parallel to get right of all yeah, the there's more of them like silver the, i think the, the silver part, is yeah. like the most basic You're parallel right. yeah. you can get yet you know for some players it's not you know the a colored to you know whatever 299 uh blue might not be worth as much then right. it's silver parallel, right. you know, comparing the two. Right. I think I, I think silver hits different. I think it's a different, like silvers are like we talked about in previous episodes. Liquidity is 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 a great right. example of that. Like people like it because it's different than the base, but it's it's you don't have to, it's easy to comp because you have everyday prices because there is a a, a certain aspect of rarity but it's not mm-hmm. as rare where you know you have buyers out of kind of like out of that loop right it's 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 sure. it's kind of in play for a lot of i guess a lot of collectors um and investors so uh yeah it's it to me um, that's always been kind of like a, a hobby logic thing. Uh, when <laughs> silvers do, like a, you look at the print run, and you're like two thousand silvers, and then there's right. forty, maybe a blue refractor or like or, a ruby wave or something. Yeah, or something like more rare. It looks different. Yeah. It's it's a great looking card, but then it sells for half of what a silver prism, you know, sells for. For instance, right. So, right. Uh, I think I think you see that a lot in the hobby, but you could you could you could kind of you i always use it as um you know let's just say this whole card game was all said and done and we mm-hmm. all cash out i think long term i think it will eventually correct itself i truly believe Ooh. that like i truly believe that eventually that's the the value buy right because everybody's yeah. focused on you know the silvers and it shouldn't be selling for more than a rare card because it's it it should go down to the supply and demand and i think over time when like for instance you see it in the more modern cards the 2018 uh i'd say 2018 is when like that cutoff is where you'll start seeing less and less numbered luca cards and tray cards available and and you'll start seeing more like i guess it just takes longer to I don't know what what, what what my point is, but like I think it's it, <laughs> no, I eventually it, yeah. it will correct itself. Like yeah, there's gonna be a point it. in time people are like, "This was stupid," but that's hobby logic, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, pure sil- hobby logic. Silver is the classic, classic hobby logic because I can understand the concept, right? Silver is basically Topps Chrome Refractor, and back in the day when Topps Finest and Topps Chrome first came out, you know, I think Topps Finest was either ninety three or ninety four. Topps Chrome was ninety six in basketball. And you only get two of these per box. And it's only the one parallel. That was the first time it was like sort of this parallel concept 
within right, high cards right. showed up. So I get it. Like the OG collectors, there's an appeal there because like the refractor, the the silver, that's that original rainbow. That's the OG parallel, right? But then it's funny because not only is Prism Silver a hobby logic in that it's more expensive than other parallels within the sets. It's only in Prism. Like it's only Panini. It's not like Tops. Right. It's not like the OG Tops Chrome Refractor is also following that same path because Tops yeah, Chrome yeah. Refractor is also very easy to get. It's the easiest right. parallel to get. And the pricing shows in Tops Chrome Baseball, it shows that it's the easiest to get. It's one of the cheaper parallels to buy. So it's funny how the OG was Tops Chrome and it corrected itself. But for some reason, Hobby Logic. Panini Prism didn't follow that path, and the silvers are like on a different stratosphere compared to other parallels like Ruby Wave and Fast Break um, that are a lot tougher to hit than the silver, right? Right. Yeah, like, man, I want to believe what you said, Hyung, that it's going to correct itself. But you know, like, and I, <laughs> and, you know, when I first got into, it, I'm like, oh man, these guys are like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting numbered cards. You know, that's right. that's the. And then, you know, after a second year of collecting, third year of collecting, I'm seeing all these silvers sell for a lot more than what I have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now finally this year, I'm like, you know, remember we had that episode where like, guys, should I get the Luka Doncic silver prism, the PSA 10 or the PSA 9 of the red, you know, right, number right, 299 right. or 199, <laughs> right? And and then I'm like, I'm getting the silver. The silver <laughs> PSA 10. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm going for the liquidity now than right. waiting and holding on to it for whenever that time comes where people will come back to their senses and it will right. no longer be hobby logic yeah right i mean they they call the silver the the gold standard right in terms of like knowing right. values and stuff like why isn't tops chrome refractor vladdy why isn't tops chrome for, you know to, why isn't that the gold standard why is it only right. silver prism <laughs> yeah. right it's interesting I, I think along those lines too uh another hobby logic uh that i guess uh, New York collectors are so confused about because you you think about like numbered cards. Let's just say let's take in Topps Chrome baseball. You, you get a true orange versus a wave orange wave, and True. there's about a fifty percent retraction on a wave. It sells for maybe like gold price or maybe a blue price, and you know the true orange goes for way more, right? And people always ask, well, they're both numbered to twenty five, so the rarity mm-hmm. should you know, still be the same. And I still believe that like the shimmers and the waves eventually I, from the last time we spoke, I think it's corrected itself on some a little bit since yeah. then. I would say a lot, yeah. yeah. A lot more people are okay with, especially if you go into the F1 space and uh, areas right. where it's not like the true baseball or basketball collectors, they're like, I don't care. What hobby logic? That ain't gonna stop me. Like, I'm gonna right. buy the rarity for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you have like orange waves, you know, an F1 selling for as much as a, a true orange, or maybe a slightly less. But in baseball, it's like you look at like true versus wave colors. They're almost like fifty percent, you know. And yeah. that's that's why Seriously. I said it's 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 kind of similar to. I I'm a true believer that it will eventually correct itself, right? Because people don't won't use that logic anymore eventually, but it's a matter of when, right? So yeah, it'll take some work and some influencing. <laughs> the influencers have to get together and start talking about. So, so, I don't this know. This is it's, why it's, we're it's talking good. about it in the podcast. I hope that Cards to the Moon. We are one of these. Uh, you know, we're starting the movement to the get, trend. You know, people more wise yeah. to what they're doing. 
but we start pumping and dumping a bunch of blue shimmers <laughs> i think you know what what one thing i will say to that is like it depends on the different number of variations there are like if, you know if it's just a blue shimmer and a blue wave and that was it then yeah i think it'll more likely you know get closer in value to the true blue but then you know like with these modern sets there's like blue i don't know right aqua, you know, aqua blue, blue lava. Fast, fast break yeah, blue exactly. scope <laughs> scope blue or you know yeah you know totally. like when it gets to be like like you know there's multiple variations of the blue then it becomes diluted and there i can see the value of the true blue being much right. more right mm-hmm. right so but you're right i was going to say um for some of the cases like where there's the orange shimmer orange wave i've i've seen i've seen those values start to creep up um closer to the true orange and uh the true colors of uh, other refractors so yeah that's a good one to bring up john you got one or yeah uh i was gonna say i mean this is i guess more recent but i think hobby logic is kind of funny in that uh relics are considered trash Unless it's, it's paired, unless it's paired with an auto. But right, I mean, relics right. are, in general, as a collector, it is a very cool concept, right? I think when it first came out, early 2000s, or whenever relics start to kind of sh- show show their faces, um, started with, like, game-use jerseys. But now, I think it's whatever. I guess that time, that, that trend kind of has gone and passed. And now it's re- literally trash. You can get, you know, like, Aaron Judge game used jersey out of like a top series one and it goes into the junk pile it's pretty cool man it's like game used jersey a piece of his jersey authentic on a piece of card and it's considered Mm -hmm. trash would unless it's paired with an auto then it's okay that's kind of cool but relics on their own um yeah it's kind of a funny hobby logic that it's i i I think tops really dropped the ball on that i i i think uh, a company like fanatics has the potential to re revive like I I, I, I personally yeah. think, yeah, that tops dropped the yes. ball on that. And mm-hmm. a company like Fanatics, who is in sports memorabilia, can make card collecting even more rare by, you know, putting some of their, you know, uh, memorabilia as part of kind of like the cards and, and reviving kind of like that whole uh, patch autos and relics in especially in the in the baseball. Right. Like you see flawless and NT obviously, you know, lead the way and RPAs are like huge in basketball. And even like in F1, I don't know if they have uh, 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 patch autos, but like it, it, it's it gains a lot more popularity than baseball itself. I think baseball is sure. kind of like that. No love uh, where even hockey, you have the cup. Uh, RPAs that are beautiful, super expensive, super rare, and mm. I think it's a matter of time before like someone like Fanatics can really uh, step up their game. I, I look forward For sure. to stuff collecting like that because it would be super cool to actually hit it like a Kobe RPA that ha- actually has you know uh, uh, a meaningful jersey instead of a, right. a made up cloth to just you know make a card up, right? <laughs> right, so. and information on the card that this jersey was out of this game or whatever. Right, right? amazing collect collection amazing. piece, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. But but I think like what to John's point though, do you think there will be a time where just the patch card will be valuable? You know, not with the auto. Yeah, the RPAs are. You know what I mean? Right. You know what? Some some patches are starting to make a small comeback, especially when you go back to some of the upper deck stuff like Jordan or Kobe. Obviously, those are some of the greats. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a good thing, as crappy as it has been, 
for Panini to, you know, and, and these companies producing like player worn jerseys, or now they're even doing uh, jerseys that have no relation to the player. It's just a jersey. They probably pulled off a rack and then put right. it onto the card. So that's yeah. actually now separating and giving value to you go back to some of those relics that were game worn, like actual in game worn yeah. jersey, game used. Yeah. Like I can see some of the more vintage game used jersey stuff that is starting to make a bit of a comeback. It's not, you know, it's not an autograph territory <laughs> by any means, yeah. but it is starting to make a bit of a comeback. There is a bit of separation between game used and player worn. So, you know, silver silver lining. People yeah. complain about the player worn, but then the silver lining is it's it's starting to give some value back to some of those original game used. True. But you know, like present day, like that's why I'm still, you know, for the for those hobby boxes that you get either oh, Nato or relic. I hate it. <laughs> man, I'm terrified of getting the relic card. You're always <laughs> gonna get the relic. It. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Still terrified about getting the relic, and uh, you know, this happened I, to me too many times. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will say the relics seem to get better. Obviously, with with uh, the num a better numbered. So if you pull like out of ten relic, they actually are like really nice. Sure, like you see sure. a, a multiple yeah. color, but then right, that's right. that's the point. It's like you're getting a bunch of base relics always, and nobody wants it. So just eliminate that <laughs> base whole relics. concept. Why? Yeah, numbered out of two ninety nine white napkin. Like the who worst. wants that? It's the worst, especially when you're ripping like Topps Heritage or Series One. You want like something meaningful, and then you oh, you normally get a relic, right? And yeah. mm -hmm. that's one of the worst, especially like retail. That's what I have. That's why I don't like purchasing retail, for instance, especially like Topps Chrome Blasters or like Topps uh, Series One Blasters, where you're guaranteed a relic and you're right. paying, you know, the inflated, you know, whatever price it is because you're guaranteed a relic, junk. right? That yeah, it's, it's just straight trash, right? So, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping Fanatics steps up their game and makes it, you know, gives it a little revival and mm -hmm. makes it a more of a collectible piece. That's what I'd like to see in the hobby for sure. Yep. Agreed. All right, I got a new hobby logic. I don't know if you got any new ones. We we're revisiting old ones that, yeah, it's kind of fun to see if this changed at all in the hobby. But here's a new one. I don't think we brought it up in a previous episode. PSA 9 cards, in some cases, are being valued under raw cards. Do you know what I mean? Like PSA 9 is considered a mint condition. And, you know, like if you don't hit that PSA 10, it's, it's not worth your investment now, mm, right? right? Like, do you think that's going to change? What's what's going on there? Oh, man, it's one. I'm not happy with PSA lately. <laughs> okay. I just think they're just giving out grades and for the worst though. They're not giving out tens like people claim. We're talking mm. I've had multiple cards come back a seven and eight, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. I would submit it to SGC and get an SGC nine five or a ten. Did like, you to see me, to that point, did you see one of the Facebook groups that we're in? The guy, I think, submitted like a Cole Anthony optic. I don't know, something. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, was a PSA 4. four? Yeah. Oh, how? My oh, my gosh. gosh. Centering and, and looked perfect. I'm... Corners looked perfect. So everybody's like, was like, dude, it's because of the surface. But it's like, at that point, the card must have been bent in half. And there was no creases. Right. Like, how has bad? has to be something. Like, Even if really there's a couple bad. of scra scratches. Yeah, like, seriously. how could you be a 4? Like, to the guys, to the poster's point, like, you see Jordan cards that are like, corners are completely ruined that are psa fours right yeah so it, then that makes no sense uh and that that's what dictates value in our market right so 
to see a PSA 9, which is in great condition, there's no reason why I would take that chance and buy a raw card for the value mm-hmm. of a PSA 9. To me, that's a, uh, an easy purchase for me. I just view it as, hey, PSA 9s are very undervalued at this point. If people are paying raw card prices thinking that they're going to sneak in a PSA 10, honestly, I personally think the game's going to change. I think it's insanity that we use PSA 10s as the standard, if you really think about Just because grading is subjective. like yeah. It's not like we're, we're using the same standards across the board. And like I said, it's it's there's no logic with it. And right. it's insane that I follow it, that I value these Hobby PSA logic. 10 cards. Yes, <laughs> PSA 10 cards. So and to further your point, I think, um, you know, it's even worse on PSA nines. Like, I think that's a great grade. There's mm-hmm. like we say in as a hobbyist, nines were always fine. And that was kind of like the saying, you know, as a collector, you know, nines are fine. It's like super value. And that's when, uh, you know, you could potentially take advantage of uh good opportunities i think uh instead of picking up a raw card you know and rolling the dice because you got some you know newbie grader that just learned how to grade cards giving me psa sevens you know like that's ridiculous (laughs) yeah yeah Mm. can you tell how my recent submission went (laughs) 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 Uh, psa nines (laughs) man not even I'm telling you, PSA eights, you know, oh, PSA eights and sevens, you know, I and I, I, I don't, I don't submit my cards if I don't think that it has a chance at gemming because yeah, at that point I'm, picky about that I'm very, too, very yeah. picky with what right. I send. So that that's that's why I know that it's it's whack, is because I'm experiencing this and it's not only me. I and this is a totally different road that we we took this in, but <laughs> I, I see this common with uh with multiple people like complaining about the same thing, like a PSA four, like you gotta, there should be an explanation why my card got a PSA yeah. four, right? So right, that's one big beef with me with PSA. Like you have no idea why it got the grade that it did, right? Right, right? and like, no response, no feedback, yet you pay a hundred and something per card or whatever now, right? Yeah, unreal. Yeah. Johnny, you have any thoughts on this or? No, I it's 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 tough. I think it is definitely hobby logic. It's too bad that the PSA nine just doesn't hold the value because it, I mean, push on, comes to shove. It is a very very mint card, and when we were collecting mm-hmm. back when we were kids, that's what we we didn't know about grading. We just knew sharp corners. Ooh, it's a mint card. Like you got a mint rookie card, there, right? <laughs> yeah. And those are all, you know, those might not even be PSA nines. It could be PSA sevens. Um, so the hobby logic does come into play here. There's a lot, you know. This is a multi-layered conversation, and, and we can get quite <laughs> right. deep into it. But just on the onset, I get both sides. I get that it's underrated, but as a collector, and I'm collectors can be very fickle, just like myself. I hate looking at nine. I hate it. Like I, I accept it. I accept low grades on a lot of my PC cards that I sent in because that's like a forever. I just want it encapsulated. But for some of my, you know, more modern cards or investments or things that I'm collecting, yeah, I hate. I hate seeing the nine. So I can understand why it takes such. A, it takes the hit that it does take. Maybe a little bit too much, but I can see why there's such a multiplier for for a ten in any grade. SGC ten, PSA ten. And even like we talked about, why BGS 9.5, even though it is the same grade, why it takes such a hit too, right? When they decided 9.5 is a gem mint. I was going to say that too. Like it's a similar kind of 
case where like why is BGS nine five so undervalued compared to a PSA ten, right? right? So right. I don't know. All right. Do you guys have any other new hobby logic that you want to discuss or even old ones that we discussed in the past that might have changed? If not, I got one more. Go for I think, it, Clark. I think the chase, <laughs> I think number one, the chase, hobby logic chase, as in, you know, the young rookie is worth 10x of like the Hall of Famer from from years right. past. That's been a staple chase concept right. since we all started back in the day and it's still true to this day when you look at bowman first and you see mars you know you see myers and uh what's like a henry what's like the, the the newer uh, bowman first prospects you would know oh like um, harry ford you got like marcel mayor like all these guys that are exactly. outselling they're like, like five five uh, k six k ten k and they're outselling guys from even just a couple of years ago right yeah, and it's, it's the it's, potential. It's the potential. Yeah, that's it what I always say. It's, it's just, crazy. It's just it's like wild. human behavior, behavior, right? And that's never going to change. That hype, that that yeah. you know, like chasing that potential, the ceiling, all of that stuff, right? So, and I, I I I find that like a lot of people discuss that point. John is like people are like, why would you invest in kind of like prospects right. versus Meyer um, versus Paul Goldschmidt or something like that. Yeah. Right? Somebody who's mm. established a hall of fame career. Right. And I think if, if sports card collecting was that linear and that black and white, and it's all about, you know, stats and who the best player is, then yeah, that would be the case. But unfortunately we live in a society that's driven by capitalism, by marketing, by all these different factors that we right. don't realize why, you know, things become uh, the spotlight of the current, uh, theme or the time or right. like for instance uh, a release of 2022 tops chrome for instance uh, when it comes out you're gonna have guys like bobby witt jr uh, his first tops chrome and wander franco and it's the anticipation of you know what type of player wander franco can be um, and if you do pull that orange or red you know chrome auto you know, that's you're going to go in that Acuna territory or a Tatis territory of historical mm-hmm. crazy highs of record breaking sales. So there's so many uh, factors, I think, that um, that come into play where we totally dismiss. Right. And we say it should be linear. It should be mm-hmm. black and white like mm-hmm. this because he has a better career. His card should be more. And unfortunately, our world doesn't work like that. No, so right. I yeah. yeah, I and it's 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 part of that hobby logic. Right. And I think as more people realize that you'll find where the extreme value is in, in, in the long term. Right. So and with any uh, with any IPO release, you'll see that there's a spike in you know, prospects. So the rookie cards, the chase, the fact that there's a new release, all that plays into factor. But yeah, right. they're in the long term, they're right. If you look at the trends, I guarantee you'll win with the with the goat type players in the long term investment, even in vintage. You look at vintage cards, they they are on a crazy bullish run, even more than modern cards, right? You right. don't have the volatility and those are safe investments, yet we still run to the modern cards. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I just think we like to live in the extremes, right? We like to go for the hot prospect with right. the infinite potential right. or we like to get the goat cards. That's it. Nothing in between. We don't yeah. want them. We don't right. want the goldies. We don't want the goldschmidts. We don't want no. It's the so Arenados. True. No, we it's want. So we live in the extremes. Yeah, that's a good one. I think we'll end off the segment there. I got another one. We'll save it for next time. But it's always fun to kind of revisit these hobby logic and what makes 
kind of the hobby fun in a way because right. it does doesn't make sense but we live with it and uh that's that's uh all we can do unless we start to change people's minds which i'm hoping this podcast will do for some of these hobby logic topics we've been <laughs> discussing today all right let's move on then to our next segment we're calling match game all right we played this last week i believe and uh, i thought it was fun so i'm going to bring it back with a little bit of another twist but for those who missed our match game segment last week it's where i give you guys three cards or players or things and then you gotta buy one sell one or hold one okay and you can't um buy all three or sell all three. <laughs> it's not it's not that's not the rules of this game okay you gotta match each of these to either buying selling or holding what are you gonna do okay that was that was buy directed it. at me right <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he always breaks the rules for some reason. Okay, okay. he's like, I'm gonna the buy these two and sell this one. I'm like, no, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> All right, I only have three um, subsets, so let's start with the first. <laughs> All right, are, are you buying, selling, or holding one of these PMG cards, color blast cards, or kaboom cards? So it's, it's a little twist. What we did last time, we actually chose players from each of the major sports. I'm, Choosing sets this time, all right? So this is tough. Yeah. This is very you, tough. <laughs> I, I I like it though. It's 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 very interesting. And these are all hot subsets right now, right? Man, right. I'm I'm selling PMGs right now. I'm mm. buying color blasts. I'm holding kabooms. Okay, interesting. Why? PMGs have have a lot of steam in in the last year they they're popular a lot of people have uh given up on the color blast color blasts were so 2021 i'd say (laughs) (laughs) if that makes sense um but i believe long-term color blasts are great cards um and i think there's a hype uh for pmg cards right now so i think you're gonna you're gonna maximize on profit by selling your pmgs and um, you know, go where other people aren't going. So color blasts mm. aren't as popular, and kabooms are, I believe, one of the strongest, I guess, uh, insert sets in in modern cards right now. It seems to be that way. Um, uh, or I, I guess kabooms are. I, I I could be totally wrong. Especially gold, like gold, a gold kaboom. Like to me, it's like those yeah. are the kind of like grail cards that you want for the kaboom. So I'm gonna hold the kaboom. I'm gonna buy color blast right now. Okay, that makes sense to me. Interesting, John. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to ride the ride the PMG wave. I'm going to say buy PMGs, and mm. uh, short term, you know, I can understand why it's not a buy because it's it's just kind of been going to the moon. Um, but I think long term of the three PMGs have the legs to last and not just be a fad. I mean, PMGs have been around forever. Uh, it, it wasn't just a fad that happened to happen this year. Like PMGs have been popular for a long time, so I think mm-hmm. PMGs have that lasting power. Uh, Color Blast, I'm gonna say, is a hold. I like Color Blast. I like the print runs. I like that it's cases. I like that it comes out of only like Chromium products. And I'm gonna say sell on the Kaboom because I feel like Kaboom is kind of getting watered down now because you can get it in both paper and both like Chrome style products. Uh, so you're kind of double dipping. You don't really see the double dip in the color blast, but you see it in kabooms. So I think the kaboom is of the three could be one that has just become sort of a fad and and is put on the shelf. So I, I would say while it's still hot somewhat, uh, sell the kaboom. 
All right, so slight variation. Um, the correct answer is you buy Color Blast, <laughs> <laughs> you you sell Kaboom, and you hold PMG. So we mm. all have three, ah, different, three different ah, ones. All three. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because the reasons are very similar to what John just mentioned. I think Color Blast are out of the three, and I think uh, Hyung, you mentioned it too, are a little undervalued and has room to grow. So I'm buying Color Blasts. Um, Kabooms, I think, out of the three will become... Not will become a fad, but has the most chance to become a little bit faddish, so thereby losing its value. And right. right now it's hot, so I'm selling that at a profit. And PMGs, I agree. It's just, I think it's out of the three, probably the most timeless. And I think if you hold it, the value will just continue to go up. So mm-hmm. that's buy color blast, sell kaboom, and hold PMGs. All right, next three. It's more of a baseball card question. Tops Dynasty, um, which we know John loves. Um, Tops Transcendent, another high-end product. And Tops Triple Thread, I feel like it's a little undervalued, but it's kind of a cool set if you look at what um, what they look this is like. This tough, too. This is, these, these are all tough. This is tough. Um, <laughs> so this, this would fill in, I guess, the gap of high-end baseball. For those that don't know, Tops Transcendent is twenty five thousand dollars a case, which is right. which is crazy, <laughs> which is insane. Um, and you could pull in like pull presidents of the United States that you know aren't alive. You know those autos you could pull autos, some yeah. massive, right. massive, right. massive cards. I- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sell Tops Transcendent. You know what? I've I've given that a chance since uh, like the. 2019 you know transcendent for me it never got the steam that it deserved so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna sell tops transcendent because it's a high set it's like super expensive and i don't think you're gonna get your roi there i think tops dynasty is one of the most beautiful sets that you know are so underrated so it's a buy for me for sure because Mm -hmm. i'm bullish on you know rpas uh in baseball i i'm i think there's a huge future for uh you know patch autos like we talked about and then top triple thread i'm gonna say it's a hold because it does have the concept of the whole rpa so i'm bullish on rpas uh in general but i just don't love the top triple thread designs like the the stencil out stencil out uh words and stuff the gimmicky so that's what kills it a bit but um yeah i'm I'm gonna hold the top triple thread just based on like my my take on kind of rpas sure i like it right top dynasty is the buy no question that's an easy one the sell and hold part gets a little bit tough because I don't know if I want to say hold on triple threads because I just don't like triple threads at all. I'm with Young. I think the designs are boring. They're lackluster. Everything above. Tops Transcendent. You know, some of them, they have those sort of like metal gold borders. You know, it's kind of a gimmicky thing. It's not really, maybe not officially like a classic card. But in terms of like for your own PC, I think they look beautiful, right? But I could see why you can also say top strength that transcendent is a sell because, you know, once the product comes out, it's really expensive and you just sell it while you can before it starts turning into nothing. Right. Yeah. So this is where it gets tough. But I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to say the transcendent is the hold because at least for the PC, it can look beautiful. Who knows what the prices will be in the future? Uh, Triple thread. I'm kind of biased. I just don't like the design. I I don't like the product at all. So I'm going to say sell. But I could see. I could see the argument of saying that it's undervalued and you can it could come up in the future. I could see it, but I'll say sell. Yeah. 
You can't go wrong with either of those orders that you guys mentioned. I think we're all in agreement with Topps Dynasty being a buy. I think fans of this podcast will know we're huge um, fans of Topps Dynasty and we think it should uh, it definitely deserves more love. So that's a buy. And, you know, some of these RPAs are, or even not even RPAs, like just a autograph patch, you know, of veteran players look very classic, very sweet. Right. And I think, um, and it's, you know, relatively affordable. Um, so that's a, definitely a buy. And yeah, I, I'm totally with you, John. This, I'm flip-flopping between the, the, these <laughs> right? these next it's, two. It's not easy. Um, I think it's subjective. Like you're saying, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the Topps triple thread look either, but I could see how it can increase in value once people see like, oh, this is like, a, if you could pa- see past the gimmicky-ness, I guess, of the Topps triple thread, it's like it's like a cool idea. Maybe mm-hmm. the execution wasn't that great. Um, so with that, I'm going to say hold tops triple thread and and sell tops transcendent. You know, get to, uh, with tops transcendent, you're either selling right now and you know getting a nice profit, or you're selling because you got a you didn't get a good hit and you're just right. getting whatever you can at that yeah, point. Yeah, you know? ripping whatever you can. Yeah, totally. That's 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 a risk with tops transcendent, right? So. Um, so yeah, I'm going to sell tough transcendent either way. Okay. Last subset. This might be the hardest. I don't know. We'll see more basketball related Panini prism, Panini select Panini mosaic. Which one are you buying? Which one are you selling? Which one are you holding? Hmm. hmm, hmm, hmm. I am selling prism because okay. the other sets aren't holding any value whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Prism's the only thing that's holding value right now. It's insane. Um, but I'm a I'm a buy on Panini Select. Like I'm like I said, I'm a I'm a huge fan of courtside field level cards. I think they have super upside to it once uh, people see how rare they are. Um, and I, I I like their parallels. I I'm a big Select guy. I I was always a Select guy. We were always bullish on Select from the get go um, until they really ruined it by bringing in right. retail yeah which killed which killed the product line too too many parallels uh but i do believe there are there's so much value in panini select so i'm a buy on panini select and then i'm gonna hold mosaic and i only say uh, mosaic uh because there's a couple parallels that like the genesis for instance right. uh yeah. like even like uh, a john morant peacock uh, it started mm-hmm. getting exotic uh, with animals and stuff, but like those are <laughs> those are I think unreal cards. They have so much eye appeal that nice. I think they're gonna hold value in the long term. So I do like I don't like mosaic as a as a set in general. I think it's a lower end set that is second tier, but I think they've done a phenomenal job with with parallels though um, with with mosaic. So I'm gonna hold the mosaic. I'm gonna buy the select and I'm gonna sell the prism. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy Prism. I think Prism is still king. Um, I hate to admit it because I'm not the biggest Prism fan, but at the same time, it is what it is. It's still king. You get Prism. Uh, it gets a little tricky after that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say hold select. I think select is still number three behind optic. Some can argue it's number two, but it's still up there with the big boys. Took a big hit in social media 
for all the reasons we've mentioned in the past. Um, so it's the value has come down a lot, but um, I think it has a chance to come back at some point. So I'm I'm gonna say hold on select, and I will say sell mosaic. I think sell. You know, normally I wouldn't say sell mosaic, but I think mosaic made a bit of a comeback this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Genesis is continually getting a lot of steam. Um, so mosaic, I think the jaw. You know, Zion year it made its first retail run, and it was hot at first. And then it kind of died down and then it turns sort of into trash. But I think this year it's kind of finally making a comeback. So I think it's a good time to, to sell on Mosaic. And I'm also, from a design perspective, I'm, I'm a bit biased. I think Mosaic is just, the designs are way too gaudy. Like I don't, I don't personally like it. <laughs> so for that reason, um, I think Mosaic is a sell. Okay. Huh. Different perspective. All right. Um, yeah, for me, I'm also buying Prism. I just think the basketball card market's down. So there's still right. good deals to be found in Panini Prism, although it's the most valued out of the three sets, right? So, um, and But I just think because Pr- Prism is king, the, the bounce back is going to be higher for Prism. So I'm buying Prism right now for certain players. Um, Panini Select, you know, you guys both discussed it. I'm, a, I'm more nervous about it than probably you guys because I'm selling Select. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't think it's going to, I just don't think you, they screwed it up so much. And, you know, like I'm thinking about how many more years does Panini have until they lose the NBA license. Right. Like, it, I don't know if there's a lot of time left to make a full rebound. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm bearish on uh, the future select. So I'm selling right now and I'm holding mosaic because uh, what Young mentioned, I love Genesis. I love Peacock. Uh, you know, I think those will hold value um, over time. And and I agree. Like the rest of the set's pretty meh, but um, they do have some really nice parallels, which I'm, you know, always looking at on eBay, uh, <laughs> watch listing. You know, right. those uh, um, like a Lamelo Genesis is like fifteen, sixteen hundred. That's I think that's pretty good value right now. Right, and that right. could go up. So I'm holding Mosaic. Mm. All right. Um. So yeah, that's our match game. Just wanted to throw a little bit of twist your way that was uh, easy it wasn't easy it was a good one i i like that yeah made you think right made so. me think as usual <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun we'll, we'll uh, definitely revisit this segment with uh different choices uh for the future okay let's end off this show then with our regular weekly segment we call pick one and this week it's our hot takes edition where each of us will present two hobby hot takes and then we'll debate which um, one is likelier to happen. Which one's the hotter hot take? All right. Ooh. So, Young, you want to go first? You know what? I'm going to change mine. I know I, I, I said one thing. I'm Ooh. just changing it on the fly. It might not make sense. Uh-oh. Uh, so, uh, but I, I just, I'm just changing it because we kind of talked about uh, this in, in the Hobby Logic section yep. uh, where uh, we talked about paper parallels and chrome parallels a bit and numbered mm-hmm. cards. So, I'm going to go with... Um, Paper parallels, right? In baseball specifically, paper parallels are undervalued mm-hmm. versus chrome parallels are overvalued. Oh, that's a good one. Paper <laughs> so paper parallels, I'm talking about... <clears throat> so we talked about the Wander 1 of 1. That would be considered a paper parallel. Obviously, the superfractor would be the chrome parallel. Uh, so in paper parallel, uh, in, in tops... For instance, you got the clear out of 10, 
You got the camo out of 25. You got Mother's Day, Father's Day out of 50. You got Black out of 67. And then you got Independence Day out of 76. We'll stop at that because we won't go into more print runs. But that's your paper parallel. So those are undervalued versus um, your chrome refractors, your 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 refractors, your pinks, uh, your colors, your blues, your greens to 99, um, your golds to 50, and your oranges to 25 are overvalued. John, get you up first because this is messing with my brain. It's <laughs> one of those ones that are, I got to rethink it through. <laughs> Chrome is overvalued versus is Paper is undervalued. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say un, I'm gonna say paper is undervalued. Um, it sounds weird saying that because we all know how much black parallels and Independence Day parallels go for and clear. Right. But then you have the other par- parallels. I mean, camo is at a twenty-five. I no don't love. Think, I don't think it gets love like it should. Yeah. Mother's Day, Father's Day, we all know no those don't get, don't get love as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, vintage stock gets absolutely no love. Oh yeah, I forgot about vintage. Sorry. Yeah. That's, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm gonna say, based on the the amount of chase that paper flagship has, and how hard these parallels are to hit, it really only people really only go after like black and Independence Day. They don't really, the other ones don't really command those those big. I mean, it still does. If you hit a you know Mother's Day wander, it's still big money. But in comparison to the the print run of, of numbered out of fifty, I will say the the paper is a bit undervalued. Okay. What about you? I'm Clark? gonna go the other way. I think uh, thinking about this, I think Chrome parallels are overvalued. Mm. Um, I think I'm gonna make the argument based on the opposite that I, you know, I don't think paper generally uh, paper parallels are undervalued. Like mm-hmm. it's it's. For me, at least, a lot of these paper parallels are pretty lackluster. Like I don't see it the is. big deal with Father's Day. I yeah, don't see yeah, the big yeah. deal can, with Mother's you can Day. See why, you can see why it would not be that popular. Totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just like a different color border. That's so, you know, that's the computer did. And it's not like, you know, nothing, anything special about it, right? right. So um, I think it's justified for some of these paper parallels to be worth nothing for like, you know, you know the average uh, baseball player. You know, so uh, for that reason, I think I'm arguing that, um, yeah, the other way, Chrome parallels are overvalued. Mm. That's, mm. Uh, yeah, I don't even know my answer, to be honest. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of want to just go on to the next. <laughs> I guess uh, for, for me, um, I was always, the, the question was always paper versus Chrome. Like before the whole mm. Chrome hype, obviously the market spoke. And Chrome won out. And um, yeah, I, I'm still a believer in paper parallels. I think they're so rare and so condition sensitive. And there's uh, so many people have jumped on that Chrome train. And a lot of people prefer Chrome over paper. So I'm going to say paper is undervalued still. I think there's like the, the parallels that, you know, that, uh, the paper brings they're actually 
like for the most part, I would say Tops did a phenomenal job in 2018, specifically in 2019. I I don't think there's any better parallel than those two years in right. in terms of paper. Like hands down, they've they nailed it. And in 2020, they absolutely like crapped on it and made yeah. it look like absolute garbage. Right. And I think that really hurt kind of like the the paper parallel and the love for chrome has increased so much right so i know this gets brought up a lot too uh with the true collectors and uh, a lot of a lot of people are og in terms of the paper parallel if you look at my collection and see kind of like where i i make my purchases i actually have a lot more paper parallels than i do chrome parallels right because i i do believe that they they are undervalued still um and you know a sign of that is uh potentially the wanda franco that that's been pulled the one of one right and seeing uh the tops update uh 2011 platinum sell for north of a million you know that's a good sign that you know paper parallels still have legs and you know there's cards like the tops clear acetate like i mean in hockey i know they have like clear uh, acetate as well and there's the clearly authentic in baseball but i think the out of 10 parallel acetate clear is one of the most beautiful paper parallels yeah. uh, in existence right so i'm gonna say uh undervalued on the on the paper parallel but i don't even know if i i, I like that answer um <laughs> we'll see we'll see when i, I think about we, it tonight yeah i don't yeah, know if i, I don't if know if we believe sense. that it's gonna actually make a huge comeback yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, but fair points though i i understand where you're coming from all right yeah. <laughs> john okay you're up. In the next 12 months, you will see no ROI if you invest in Luca, or you will see no ROI if you invest in Soto. Hmm. <laughs> Damn. Um, These are the two classic kind of king of the hill, some would say overvalued superstars in their respective leagues. You know what? I'll go first. I... I think you'll see no ROI in the next 12 months with Soto cards. Because out of the two, like I love Soto. You guys know that. Mm -hmm. We all love Soto. Out of the two, like his prices are still relatively high, right? And I think he's one of those guys that you'll really see the breadth of his work when his career is done. Like you'll see the consistent 300 batting average, you know, 30 homers. Like, you know, um, and right now, like, there's so much expected of him right out of the gate. And you see those values already reflected in his rookie cards. So, and on the other end, like, Lucas' cards have been going down. And I think I think a rebound is imminent, which is why I bought the Silver Prism PSA 10. So, mm-hmm. I think in, in, well, within the shorter timeline of 12 months, I think um, it's more likely we see Lucas' cards take a rebound and, and see a good ROI. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's because I'm invested in <laughs> the cards. <laughs> so maybe it's a little bit of hopium, but uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know what? That that was my original train of thought too, Clark. Um, I was originally gonna say um, there might be more potential in Luca cards to see the ROI, but I'm actually gonna go Soto um, because mm. what's 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 I, I believe Soto's super expensive, but I also believe he's super expensive for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the rarity. And that's going to be kind of like sure. your factor of of holding that value. So I'm going to go Soto 
sorry, I guess in the next month you'll see no ROI if you invest in Luca. Right. Not Soto. Um, right. Because I, th- I just think there's so many Luca cards out there uh, with Select, Optic, and Prism that, you know, you're going to see. Good point, too. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more. I guess Prism is going to be the, your only rare in the in terms of parallels that I I guess could hold value but even then you you even see the retraction coming on Luca uh but that's not to say that's a good buying opportunity where you could make that money right so I I I just like the marriage between Soto's cards and what they present and the rarity of Soto and the type of caliber player Soto is I don't think when he was coming in in 2016 especially his Bowman Chrome auto year I think he got no love because Vladdy stole the show that year and Vladdy cards at 2016 were, were the hype and Soto doesn't even have base cards, for instance, in right. in in Bowman Chrome, just and then you the skip. He just has the auto, and then you skip to his his um, rookie cards. You know he was put in Tops Update in 2018, which is the later set. So even the Chrome, uh, he missed Tops Chrome flagship, like the Series One, Series Two, and he was put in Tops Chrome Update, which is a, a super rare set in terms of print run right so mm-hmm. i think it's a perfect marriage for soto cards to uh, retain value and hold just because of the rarity but i think there's it's it's good because i think it could go both ways to be honest sure. yeah yeah i could see that for sure yeah you know i, I brought up these two yeah i brought up these two guys because uh you guys know these two guys are my next big targets either now or all the way to the card show in june in toronto um at the same time, although they're my targets, you know, this, this little hot take segment, I actually kind of believe in both, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. But it does make sense <laughs> if, you, if, you know, I'm, I'm buying these guys for the long term. This is not, I'm trying to get into a big card that I'm going to hold and lock up in a safe. Um, of the two, I'm, go- I'm going to side with Hyung. I think Luca is the one in the next 12 months that it's possible you will see no ROI unless you know something happens in this playoffs and he goes off and he win the championship and he's MVP obviously we're going to be completely <laughs> dead wrong on that but if he comes out of the first round uh you might see a little bit of a bump uh, but after that I'm not I don't think you're going to see much and I think it's going to take a lot more long-term investment to see Lucas cards start to go up um and there's a lot available, right? Whereas Soto, I think there's the argument that it's really high now and it's going to come down. I think I believe in that argument. But it's going to come down and it's going to take another season. It's going to, by the, this, you know, by eight, nine months from now, off season, approaching the, the new season, I think cards are going to go, Soto's cards are going to jack back up. So I think there's going to, there is an opportunity to buy Soto at some point in the middle of the lull of the season. Uh, and then by the start of next season, I think you're going to see Soto cards come back up and start to, you know, Soto cards are, are very unique. Like Young said, there's just not a lot of them available and people are quickly snatching up the more expensive ones. So you're only kind of, especially for lower end collectors, you're only kind of left with pink refractors and rainbow foils. And even those are snatching up. So I think it's one of Soto's is one of these guys I could understand if you want to FOMO buy, and even if it's a high price, you want to get in now. I can completely understand the argument. So uh, I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna say Luca is the one. You're not gonna see ROI, and even though Soto's high, um, I think you can still make some ROI in Soto. All right, cool. 
You're both going to see why you're wrong tomorrow in the mass in the series. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the only kryptonite, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luca goes off, wins like playoff MVP, you know, brings Dallas a championship, and yeah. his prices go bonkers. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do a dead wrong segment next week, okay? Yeah, for sure. I hope, I hope you're right. I, I have some nice Luca cards you too. You got Luca so. too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll finish off this pick one with my uh, pick one pair. So first, LeBron James tops Chrome rookie rookie card PSA ten will hit sub five k. It's always going down, you know, with the basketball card market. For reference, it's at nine k last sold, and I, I remember doing this pick one, at the, uh, saying it will hit sub ten k. So we're we're going doubling down now, sub five k, um, or the other goat, Michael Jordan's iconic Fleer rookie card PSA nine, because you know there's not a lot of PSA tens there. A PSA nines will hit sub twenty k. It's was once sixty k at the height, and the last one sold at twenty four k. Wow, ah, wow, that's that's crazy. Um, man, do you, do you guys know what the the Kobe Tops Chrome PSA ten is at? Let me try to check right now. I, I want to say I want to say between ten, ten and twelve. I could be totally wrong. But I would I would say it's around 10, 10 to fifteen, I would think. But I could be totally wrong. Tops Chrome right. um, PSA ten. Tops Chrome PSA ten. Kobe. PSA ten, yeah. The base uh, um, last one sold for eight thousand four hundred sixty-seven. Okay, so it's pretty low. Um, Peak was forty-nine k. <laughs> Holy jeez. Um, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> uh, man, this one's hot. Heart uh, very tough. But I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna say sorry. Let me, what 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 was it again? Tops Chrome goes. Uh, LeBron goes sub five k. I don't 5K. think five k. I don't. I don't see that happening. I could see Jordan going sub twenty, um, and that's even crazy. I just, you know what? Just seeing like Drake and Golden just ripping boxes of eighty six Fleer, and then <laughs> pulling Jordans like left, right, and center, and yeah. good chance that one of those are PSA nines. It scares me that. You know that the old, I guess the junk wax era cards still exist, and people are still submitting from it. So, um, and I'm worried about the relativity of MJ. For instance, if like LeBron keeps on playing, will he? I know this is not an argument that I want to make right now over this saying who's the goat, but I just, <laughs> I just feel like LeBron James is like. He's not done. Like he's he's like he's a different specimen, and he might have ten more years in the league, which is insane. He might be playing when he's fifty, and like I I just I remember when that top Chrome card was sub two K, and it was in November twenty nineteen, and it was about two K the 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 top Chrome, and I I remember yeah. not buying it, and I regret constantly. And I told myself it will never, you know, go below 5K. So I maybe there's bias <laughs> in that where my mentality still sticks with that. But I could see Jordan Fleer, MJ, PSA 9 going to below 20K because MJ's relevancy in society today, it kind of gets lost in the mix. And I think LeBron's going to be around. So I'm going to say um, MJ, PSA 9s go for under 20K. 
Well, John, who's a known LeBron hater, was looking at you in disgust, eh? When I, you were saying, I, I, I know. <laughs> when that's you're why, making the LeBron argument. That's why I had to make you know disclaimers because I know I know I know John's take on my yeah. my buddy LeBron. Um, sorry, Clark. What did you say that the Jordan Fleer PSA nine is at right now? Twenty four. Twenty four. Last sold. Last sold. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I hate to say this because I really want to choose LeBron. <laughs> I already but I, I have to go with the, the MJ. I think the LeBron, I think for me, no question, LeBron's immediate conversation about his legacy takes a bit of a hit this year. Um, I think his personal legacy, like his overall body of work, doesn't take a hit. But I think that conversation about GOAT status certainly takes a hit. So, you know, LeBron at the worst, you know, at the best, he's up there with MJ. At the worst, he's on sort of a Kobe, you know, kind of level, right? And if Kobe's PSA 10, you know, I don't really see that going to 5K. So my, you know, your logic will say there's no way the LeBron will go to 5K. I don't see that happening. As much as I'm a hater, I don't see it happening. (laughs) And when you see, you know, like even, for example, I don't know who it was, but I just saw an IG post by one of the popular um, Instagram uh, guys he how he was submitting he's like here's my next submission and he's flipping through like his uh, card savers and it's like 25 mint mj 86 flares like they look mint right so it's like young said like pete these high-end rollers are still i don't know how many of these boxes exist but they're clearly still ripping boxes and just hitting mint condition jordans right i don't think i'm you can I'll put, put, put my money that you're not going to probably see a lot of 10s, but I can see a lot of 9s continue to build. Um, and as people see that, even if there are no 9s continuing to build, as people see this kind of hit the airways, it's going to affect their... Um, it's going to affect what they think about the Jordan card in general. Like, oh, there's a lot of them out there, you know. So I think that just in general, that could possibly make the PSA 9 come down a lot but at the same time man i don't know i i of the two there are both hot takes but i'm gonna i'm gonna pick keep it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick the jordan but man if jordan hits sub 20 you know if the psa 10 is going for 100 150 you're gonna buy yeah like come on like that's that's ridiculous for like a mint condition of one of the all-time iconic cards yeah all right man i, I would be i i can't afford it but i would say that's a buy at that <laughs> oh, okay point gonna say you heard it here first johnny's buying a michael jordan Flera rookie psa 9 if it hits sub 20k uh, if my wife is listening yeah it's over for me <laughs> well you know like i was just looking at the pop count and and i agree like the mj like uh flare rookie cards that are being unpacked like it just yeah it's kind of scares me but the pop count for psa 9 is around 2500 compared to okay. 2200 of lebron james tops mm. chrome so it's not that far off right right it just there's an appearance that mj's <laughs> cards are like you know and it's hard it's still hard to get a psa 9 for it the is. for Especially that those old cards card set, for sure right? yeah yeah and the way psa is grading these, these days, days? Right? I know. <laughs> I say, it might be psa 2s coming out <laughs> <laughs> so that's a factor too to consider but uh um yeah it's gonna be a sweep like i i I just don't, you know, I, I'm saying this, but I'm like, 
Last time we did this, I'm like, I don't see LeBron's going sub 10K. So, <laughs> you know what? It's a it's a win-win for me. If it does go sub 5K, I'm all I'm in. a buyer. Yeah, I'm yeah, a buyer yeah, yeah. at 5K. I don't I'm know if I'm in. a buyer uh, at 20K for an MJ9. Right. If that makes sense. True. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does make sense for me, yeah. If, if LeBron's Chrome comes down to 5K, that means Kobe's Chrome is at 3K. That means a lot. The basketball market is very, very down. So at yeah. that point, we will all be buying up a lot of things <laughs> if that happens. Or, right. or the episode will be, is the basketball card market crashing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is it a time to sell all your basketball cards? <laughs> all right. That's a, I thought that all three were pretty good. And <laughs> this uh, episode in general made us think more than usual. But uh, yeah, that was another fun show. Thanks, of course, to all our listeners, all our, all our subscribers who listen each week. Uh, we we uh, have a new show every Tuesday and every other Friday as well. Uh, if you like the episode, we appreciate you giving us five stars. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at FiveCardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.